Blake now for the Campbell's Gambles podcast. Blake, bit of a Jason. Yes, bit of a freshen up. <laughs> I forgot what your face looked like, my friend. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thankfully, the viewers don't have to put up with my face, only you. So, um, yeah, but freshen up, and we're we're back. We we picked. I, well, I personally picked a shit week to miss out on the pod um, from the viewers listeners' perspective because. As I was telling you, I had a had a good weekend, but um, hopefully everyone had a good Everest Caulfield Cup Saturday. Uh, it is one of the most notable weekends in in spring racing, and it was definitely uh another one for the books on Saturday. Yeah, so that first comment, I I have a head for the radio of the two. I think you're the one that would actually um be all right on TV, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was uh. Didn't quite get the pod going last week. Chose a very good week to um leave the viewers high and dry. Uh, but yeah, no praise like self praise from yourself, Blake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, episode nine, season three. As Blake mentioned, there was two massive races last Saturday, and we'll quickly head into both of them. Do a little recap. Everest, fifteen million dollar tab. Everest won by the three year old. Gelding, Giga Kick makes it five from five. Oh, private eye. Bit stiff there yourself, Blake. Well, not stiff, but stiff with the results. I mean, yeah. I, to be honest, he's, he's run a really good race and heavily on the place, so I can't complain too much, um, especially especially knowing there were plenty that were on Nature Strip at, at those short odds and and he wasn't even running a place. So I can't complain. It was a great race to watch as well. Um yeah, I don't know about Giga Kick. I don't know. I don't know if anyone found that on form, but I couldn't. I couldn't. Yeah, just one of those races where I thought uh, on paper it looked like they were going to go way too hard, and a horse was going to kick up. Joyful Fortune, being a thousand meter horse, kicked up, made it wider work, made Nature Strip work. It's a bit of a domino effect, and uh, yeah, thought Nature Strip was huge. Being completely honest, I thought. He travelled into a race like anything in a race where they went flying and just didn't let down. Um, or he did let down, just didn't have the energy to sustain a run. Um, Giga Kick was huge. Can't take anything away from him. He might be one in future, not necessarily the pot, but um, I think the race was set up for horses such as himself and Private Eye. They were probably the A1 position to strike and that's what they completely yep. did. Um be interesting to see what Giga Kick does now. He's probably got to go down for the Coolmore. Uh, be interesting to see what that second horse, that Giga Kick runs second, uh, that he beats. He's in the Coolmore too. So maybe that's the type of form line for the Coolmore, which is, I think, next weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Yeah, I'll be I'll be following Nature Strip into the uh, champion sprint as well, for sure, off that run. Like, it, he's done so much work there. And to finish fourth, you like, look at the rest of the field. Eduardo and Joy for Fortune, the two horses that were up inside him getting better runs on the, on the speed. Eduardo was just completely, I don't even know if it finished the race. And Joyful Fortune was sort of well back as well, like literally crawling over the line. And Nature Strips just absolutely battled on like a like the soldier he is for fourth. Um, yeah, no, lost, lost no admirers in my opinion, or he shouldn't have anyway. No. Is it okay to declare him for the VRC now? I just can't see him losing down the straight where he can he doesn't exactly need, doesn't need to be dictated. He can stay wherever he wants. He can sort of exactly. take if he needs to or just stay outside runners. I think mm. he's absolutely moral in that race. I can't see how any of those horses that he versed or any horses around Australia yeah. that can turn the tables on him. I'd take even money. Yeah. I'd take a dollar eighty. I'd take yeah. I wasn't gonna take that price on Saturday. I know it's a bit PRE now, post race expert, but I did do a few other podcasts. I did pot him. So <laughs> um, <laughs> But yes, no, I think I think Blake and I are in the same camp there. Follow Nature Strip into the VRC. All right. 110. 110%. Caulfield Cup. Durston won the Wyong Cup, won the Newcastle Cup, and now he's out of the Caulfield Cup. I'm not sure which one's the most prestigious out of all those three. Uh, 
but it might have been the Caulfield Cup. How'd you see that race unfold? Plenty of eye catches late in the piece. Yeah, well, I mean, we didn't really get the opportunity to analyse the the race beforehand, but I didn't think that the race... I thought the race was very competitive on paper between a bunch of sort of B-grade horses. I, I don't, that might be a little bit harsh to say, but, like, the the sort of telling point uh, that sort of gave that that gave me that perspective was looking at the race that non-conformers came out of at $71 odds and then was running almost $10 odds in the Caulfield Cup. Non-conformist was sort of tailed off in the in the race um, that Animo beat Zaki, Alligator Blood, um, you know, all those sort of forces were, were running in. I'm Thunderstruck as well and, 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 that, and that sort of crew. And then you look at the Caulfield Cup and that's definitely B-grade to, to that other sort of field of horses. So that, that gave me that sort of opinion that the race wasn't, it didn't have this sort of incentivize or the very elegant that you've had in previous years to win the race. And, you know, all, props to Durson for winning it. But, I, you know, again, I don't think he's an incentivize or a, or a very elegant type of horse. So, um, yeah, that, that was my take on it anyway. Yeah, no, great ride from uh, Michael D, Mickey D on Durston. It was a, got suspended for that ride. I'm trying to still figure out how he got suspended because he... <laughs> Thought the horse was traveling well enough and the gaps opened up and you know might have sort of pushed out in a few horses but come on now horse is traveling well it's called for a cup you got to go for it uh yeah i think blake made a great point there i think it's it was a pretty weak Caulfield cup uh you know realistically durston being oh, seven year old but lightly raced seven year old coming through um those races uh in sydney uh you know caught him by surprise just good turn of speed at the right time I just can't see how any of those horses are now going to step up into a Melbourne Cup and be competitive. I just thought it was a... I just think the internationals have such a stranglehold over this race. It's not even funny. Um, yeah. If you look at the first three in that race, I know Knight's Order's been in Australia for quite some time, but they're all international runners. And arguably, other than Gold Trip, Durson and Knight's Order, they were nothing overseas. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see, but we will have a, a special Melbourne Cup show in a, in a fortnight's time. So... Get ready for that. Uh, other than that, we'll move into our first segment now. Flashing lights, best run of the week, sponsored by Kanye West. He tunes in every week as well. No, he Kanye does. shoots me a text. You know, I got his got his number in the contacts. You know how it is. Yeah, he but just... um. Yeah. <laughs> flashing light, um, mate. What's your flashing light, my friend? Yeah, I don't want to waste too much time on this. Um, but there were there were two horses that um caught my eye sort of the most uh from Saturday and both at Ramwick. Uh one was out of the Stockman uh it wasn't the Stockman race. I was telling you about it, Jason. Now I've forgotten. Solar what Apex. Solar Apex. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was Solar Apex. So um yeah, big Big props to Cisco Bay getting up at big odds there for me, but uh, Solar Apex was the was my top selection, um, and was pretty poorly held up. And uh, the start priory run night at Rose Hill over the fourteen hundred and completely bombed the start there as well. So he's had plenty of excuses now in uh, in a couple of back to back runs. So he's a horse that I'll be following, and um, he he has got up in trip previously to sort of eighteen hundred around that mark, and. Uh, I definitely see him getting up to that trip again and, and being competitive. So Solar Apex is one of those. And then the other one I want to mention is Why Ha Ha Falls. Um, no secret how well the source is going and uh, to to close off really, really strongly sort of um, between the, between the uh, horses for fourth in the Sydney Stakes. was It was a really good run from him as well. So it was Why Ha Ha Falls and Solar Apex for me. Lovely. All right. I am going with one out of that solar apex race. And this horse didn't incur any uh, bad luck on this occasion. However, I want to take Gerald Ryan's horse Steely out of this race. It was excellent first up at 1200 meters in a benchmark 88 race where he hit the line really well. Unsuitable distance. On the seven day back up here up to the 1600 meters, I wanted to back him third up out to the 1600. I'm very disappointed they went into the 1600 seven days um, between runs. 
stepping up 400 meters. He peaked on his run poorly, and the sectionals completely show that. Eight to the six, he went 11.52, which was the second best in the race. Six to the four, he went 11.74, which was up there with some of the best in the race. He went 11.30, four to the two, didn't sprint as sharply as uh, Cisco Bay and Wicklow, and then he failed 12.64. I think this is a complete sign of a horse being pushed too early for a race like the um the Big Dance wildcard. If he obviously won that race, he was going to be in a in a how what's a big dance worth? Bloody two, three million on Melbourne Cup Day. Um, I think they've rushed this horse, this preparation. Uh, but I think third up now, hopefully has a couple of weeks off, stays at the mile. I think you can see massive improvement with him. He's a horse that can settle handier to the speed, and I expect him to do so. And I reckon based on his two runs as preparation, he's probably got like I think he's got an eight and a six next to his name and might put up a nice price. I think he might be hard enough to beat. So, Steely, for me. Beauty. Beautiful. Beauty. All right. Uh, Mooney Valley. Two races we're covering at Mooney Valley. Uh, we'll cover the Friday night race first. Then we'll head to Randwick. And then we'll finish off with probably the race of the weekend and possibly the best race of the entire year, the Cox Plate. Um, but we'll head to Friday night first as Mouth is uh, – as Mouth – as Blake is – Mouth watering. Uh track assessment, weather conditions, weather 19 degrees, raining, rail, true position. Track currently a good four. However, up to 20 millimeters of rain forecasted. What does that mean for this track, Blake? Who knows? Correct. Um, correct, but Mooney Valley leaders close as close to the rails you can get, as close to the speed as you can get. That's uh it's Mooney Valley to a T, so. Don't think anything's going to change. Yes, it's always interesting when it rains because it's it goes one of two ways: the inside drops out, horses swoop, or nothing can make ground whatsoever. So, mm. I guess watch and assess. But I'm actually excited to bet this weekend because I feel like there might be a really crude bias one way or the other. Um, yeah, especially especially come Saturday when you got Friday night racing, and then they just wake up Saturday and get straight back on it. It's like. It's like a twenty race card or an eighteen race card, so it'll be it'll be definitely uh there'll there, there'll definitely be a, an obvious bias come race eighteen on Saturday. Yeah. All right, let's get into the first race we'll cover on Friday night, race seven, Manicado Group One level for the sprinters over the twelve hundred meters. Current favorite in this race is Polelli or Polel, however you want to pronounce it. Was terrific in the Scalacci when uh getting a a whip. On his head. If you saw that one, that was really interesting. But he uh he shook it off and he strode to victory. James McDonald remains on board. Great third up record. Currently three dollars sixty. Speed in this race, Blake. Who goes forward here? Uh, well, there's quite a few horses that can go forward. Um, and there are quite there are a few horses who definitely will go forward. Cool and is not going to let Barry One go to waste, uh, as she did in the Moya Stakes winning. From the same position with the same weight or similar weight. Um, so it's going to be sort of same setup, I'd suspect, for Cool and Gatta with the extra 200 metres. In the boat, Drawn Gate 3, same sort of story. Won't uh, won't let the barrier go to waste. Um, Rothfire has a bit of speed and so does Sweet Ride. Um, so they'll definitely be in the sort of firing line early. Best of Bordeaux and Sabah to excel from out wider as well. I'd be expecting to, to press forward. Yep. All right. I can agree with that. I'm with Bella Nipotino in this race. Um, Not a race I necessarily want to bet into. I'm not really too excited about this race, to be completely frank with you. But I uh, thought she was good in the Moya. She runs second to Cool and Gatter. who was uh, carrying the 50 keggers. Um, Bella Nipotino was probably one of the only horses to make ground on the entire day where she drew barrier 11 of 12. Um, it was, I thought it was a terrific run. Uh, Craig Williams remains on board. She did win first up in the Valley on a wet track um, in the Carloin. Uh, third up records, okay. Uh, track records, phenomenal. Seven starts, one win, five seconds. Um, a lot of those runs being at group or listed level. I think the main thing here is she gets into barrier two and she'll endure a softer run in transit. And she pretty much should just get the back of horses that Blake has just mentioned. Uh, not sure if she's a bend proposition, but I just think she's a straight line way to go about it. Maybe B 
be a bit conservative and play on the place line. Um, but yeah, Bellini Patina for me. I can agree. I think Bellini Patina is definitely in with a chance, but the markets, the markets sort of identified that uh, this time around. She's she's five dollars here, and she was nineteen last time. So I, I, I sort of took the, um, took the perspective that if if you hadn't been on her at nineteens, um, and you're diving in at the fives, it's you, you're sort of taking a little bit of potential unders now that you missed out on that better price in in what was a similar sort of race. I know she was drawn wider and it was a thousand meters, et cetera, but uh, yeah, massive price difference uh, there. I think comparatively anyway, with Palel, Palel started short in that race and, and he did drift um, on race day, but for anyone who watched uh, the Moya stakes and watched that whole card actually, Every every leader on the entire card was either winning or um, or fighting on pretty well, um, and some definitely didn't look like they'd be in the finish um, on form and 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 things. So, with an identical setup here, barrier six again, J Mac again, and uh, an extra two hundred meters. I'm happy to go with Palel again. Um, he's for mine. I, I said this in the uh, in the Moya Stakes. For mine, he's, he's the best sprinter out of these. Um, you don't run second to Nature Trip and Eduardo in the TJ Smith. Um, you know, if you're not if you're not up to that level over the twelve hundred meters. And my opinion of for the Moya Stakes um, was that the thousand meters was not ideal. Like I already mentioned, the track bias just wasn't wasn't helping uh, at all. Um, and you know, it arguably won't again this time. But at least you get the extra twelve hundred meters and. The, this, the other thing I prefer with Palel over Bellini Bettina is just the barrier. I know it's important to get a soft run, but when you have this many good horses in a race, um, it's it's very common to see horses drawn well that can't actually keep themselves uh, in the clear and get sort of buried back in the ruck on the rail. Uh, it's it's very common to see them get held up and, and find bad luck. So... I like where Palel was in the Moya Stakes and and he's going to get the exact same spot because he's drawn exactly the same. So as long as he's got clear room and now 1,200 metres, he's he's backed up that theory that he didn't like the 1,000 metres uh, first up at Mooney Valley by winning um, the Scalacci over the 1,100. Um, and he beat a good field there as well and he really put them away. So happy to stick with him um, and honestly expecting him to just turn up and, and show them what he's made of. Beautiful. Thanks for that. Blake, we'll move now to Randwick on Saturday. We are covering two races here, races eight and races nine. Uh, current conditions, soft seven track, rails out four metres, bit of damage on this wear and tear on the Randwick track currently. But uh, how do you see the track playing? How did you see it play last week and, and what can we expect this week? I loved the way Randwick played last weekend. Um, it... it to me, it was the fairest I've seen it play in a, in quite some time, um, and yeah, it 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 was it was kind of refreshing to be honest to see it play that way. I, I don't know if you agree with that, uh, that Jason, but I expected. I think we both sort of expected uh, horses to be favoured off the rail a little bit, uh, potentially if it, if it got pretty wet as well, but um. There was no apparent leader bias. There was no sort of chopping up of the track or any sort of apparent chopping up of the track. And it seemed like most horses were getting their chance. So I expect that to continue unless, you know, it, it completely floods and and the track does get into a, you know, horrendous state. Uh, but I don't think that'll happen. Yep. Played really well last week. Hopefully it plays well once again. Race eight, spring championship stakes. 2,000 metres, group one level, four to three-year-olds at set weights. Really love this race. Always been a big fan of this race every year. Love the little three-year-olds going over a distance. Elliptical is the current favourite at $4. Brings up that Caulfield Guineas form, running second to Golden Mile, who is actually in an earlier race on the card. Um, and he's drawn the peach barrier one Blake Shin informed Blake Shin coming up to Sydney. It's good to see Blake Shin back in Australia going straight through straps. 
Um, and you got Williamsburg and Sharp and Smart coming out of the gloaming at Warwick Farm down to 1,600 metres. Now they're going up to the 2,000 metres. Mr. Blake, how do you see this race being run and who do you think wins? Um, I plain and simple think Williamsburg wins this uh, in all honesty, especially if the track plays how it did last Saturday um, and if it remains in the soft to heavy range. I, yeah, I I really think Williamsburg is is a great play here at five dollars fifty. I expect there to be a decent amount of speed, um, you know, so that they don't crawl in the race. But I also don't think it'll run. It'll be run uh, at an insane tempo. the The reason though that I think Williamsburg wins this is that 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 gloaming stakes he just about won it and would have had the race not been chopped off at the head and lost 200 meters because they had to reschedule it. So, um, you know, if the, if the gloaming stakes was actually run when it was supposed to be run over the 1800, I think Williamsburg would have won that. And um, now that he gets up to the 2000, I think he gets the chance to, to prove that that step up in trip is something that he'll handle and, and relish uh, in reality. I, I can sort of understand why elliptical is, is in the market, but I, I, I don't know whether I trust him as a favourite. Uh, do you? Or are you, are you agreeing with me, Jason? Or, or which way are you looking at it? Well, I've been with Williamsburg all preparation. And I've always believed he's, I guess, the best of a bad bunch. Not being rude or anything, but that's kind of how I see it. Um, and, and I was on him at Warwick Farm that day and I, I do kick myself because he did stay at 1,600 metres and as Blake said, if I was at the 1,800 metres at Randwick, doesn't just win. He probably wins by a lot further than what he won mm. by the start previous, uh, start prior. Um, so the 2,000 metres has got to suit him down to the ground. He's got to love getting back to Randwick and um, if the track does stay in the wet range, he's probably one of the best wet trackers in the race. Uh, once again, same as Blake, I see the support for elliptical. I see where it's coming from. I see why it's coming. Um, but I can't follow it, to be completely honest with mm. you. I just don't – I just – he doesn't really – doesn't give me the vibe of a stayer. And I just – yeah, I don't know. I haven't followed the horse too closely, to be completely – uh, fair with the horse and um, I don't really know much about the breeding side of things. Obviously, I know done deal and they do get over a bit of ground, but I, I want to get more into the damn side of things and the damn line. But um, I just don't, I, maybe that form line is not even that strong either. Like I thought that Caulfield Guineas was pretty weak. Um, and J-Mac that rode the winner golden mile said there was probably the weakest Caulfield Guineas he's ever seen in his life. So um, I'm happy to take him on and I'm going with Primito here. And I'm going with Primito because I've been really desperate to see this bloke out in distance. And they did that last week in the Craven Plate. It was a group three race and it was against the older horses. Uh, he did carry 50 kilos, admittedly has to go up six and a half kilos, but geez, run was huge. Like Cascadian is absolutely airborne this preparation. I don't know what's gone through his bonnet, but he's just flying. <laughs> he's been winning. At, he's never won past 2000 meters. He won, he won a really strongly run 2000 meter race against New Marion and Montefilia last start and then he come out and bolted it in this craven plate and and Primito he idled up there at the at the 200 and looked like he was going to be some threat and he just pitted out in his race but this is a big drop back in class um I know he hasn't been too competitive in the in the three-year-old races but they have been over 1100 1200 and 1400 where he is bred to get over a bit of distance um and I just love that run last week I think on the quick backup Josh Parr gets on board just form against the older horses. I just think back to his own age group now. Yeah, Primito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I see that. I and I, I have to admit, he is one that I had a had a brief look at. Um, I just, I was really just taken by the fact that Williamsburg should have won that race if it was over eighteen hundred, and the fact that now he gets the two thousand. Um, you know, what's the dis? What's the sort of the improvement going to be like getting up? That four that extra four hundred meters. Um, Machilato is in the same race, and I'll just give him a quick mention as well because he looks like he's gonna probably lead this field. Um, I'd expect Tommy Sherry to at least be positive out of the gate and and get Machilato in the front three, 
forces uh, at the very least. So provided he can sort of kick on um, and, you know, he was he only went down in a very narrow uh, narrow loss to Sharp and Smart um, after enduring a pretty tough run wide over the mile uh, in that gloaming stakes. So, you know, he'll, he'll be up there and in the firing line. So, you know, the, the horses on speed in these long-distance races, if they get a little bit of a rest uh, and they don't get too much pressure, they're always uh, a sneaky chance. And at double figures, you, uh, you can definitely afford to at least include him in, in exotics or have a little bit each way. PVL special, and that is the invitation. And that's race nine at Royal Randwick, 1,400 metres, $2 million race, $1 million goes to the winner. Phillies and mares only. Current favourite in the race is the bookies horse. The gift horse, Ice Bath. <laughs> what do we do with her, Blake? What do we do with Ice Bath? Oh, shit. What do we do? I don't know. I don't know. She she won the race last year. Like, and I mean, second to Zaki, second to Animo. If you pick up a form book and you see that, it's like, she Instant. deserves to be favourite. She deserves to be favourite, but... Uh, can you trust her? Nah. Oh <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, I reckon. I reckon that's that's the thing, you know. Like, and she and she's always been this way. Like, you look at her career stats: thirty six starts, four wins. She's had nine goes in Group Ones for no wins, three second placings, and two third placings. I know this isn't a Group One, but it's just sort of. You know, like it's just sort of the same old with her. I think. I, don't, I when she's when she's like an each way price, you can sort of say, yeah, you know, if she if she doesn't win, she'll probably run a place anyway. And then, but at, at you know, as favorite in a race of this nature, I'd lean away from her. Just you know, purely on the basis that I can't trust her to actually win a race. Yep, I have to agree with you, my friend. We've been on her many times. She's been a Really, really good mare to watch, and she's a good mare. I've had, I've to some degree picked my spots with her, and I've come out on a good side. A lot of punters obviously haven't. Um, but you know, Golden Eagle, she runs second. Uh, SP six dollars, but she was some twenty dollars early in the week, and even like fifteens or eighteens or something on on race day from memory. Uh, you look at the Kentala at Flemington, she was eight dollars. She runs second, Group One. You look at the Doncaster in twenty twenty. Two, she runs second at $21. Sorry, third at $21. 2021 Doncaster, she runs second at $20. She's just one of those mares where the best time to bet on her is at a good each way price on a wet track over the 1600 at Randwick when she's low in the weights. And that's proven the best formula for her. Just can't back it at $4.60 on race day on Saturday. However, call me crazy. Take me to the counselor. Take me to the site. <laughs> I'm going back, baby. Espiona. I don't know what it is about this mare, but she seems to get me in every single bloody time. Uh, she's been her own worst enemy this preparation. In the Scirocco, she was backed off the map, backed if unbeatable, bumped in the Shades of Rose, who was then obviously, um, I guess, selected for the Everest. Uh, Electric mm. Girl's gone on and, and raced well this preparation. We saw Placepan come out and run well at Caulfield on Saturday. Uh, and then you look at the golden pendant. She drew 14 of 16, had to go back near the rear. And I thought she came home as well as anything. Um, she just pulled really hard in the run and she sort of lugged out and um, laid out in the straight. And uh, I think the wink has been applied for the first time, could straighten her up. It might be something that she is looking for. The wet track is definitely going to be her, uh, of, sorry, the wet track's definitely going to be to her liking, as well as the step from Rose Hill to Randwick. I think she enjoys uh, a lot open. Uh, she will enjoy a more open pasture and a more fairer track. Rose Hill's a good track, good track to bet on. I enjoy betting there, but I think she's a, a typical Randwick horse and her record suggests that. So Espiona mm. for me, Blake, you can bet her one by three. Um, I'd say place heavy. I can't see how she's not going to run a nice race here. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, <laughs> I have to say with Ice Bar, there's no way that she'd have to be the 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 highest prize money earning horse to never win a black type race. Surely. By a mile. But 
nearly five mil in prize money. She's not won a single black type. That is ridiculous. By the length <laughs> of them straight and the rock campus. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, I feel bad for laughing, but um, if any of the uh, if any of the ownership group, the McGraths or the uh, Bashirs are listening, I feel sorry for you. I really do. Mm. Um. Anyway, some more important things. Who's going to win the race? If Icebath doesn't, I think. Well, I do agree to an extent. Espiona. Um. Just the setup for this race. She's had she's had two starts now, uh, since since a long sort of spell. And if there was sort of looking at it now, if there was one of those races you'd want to back her in, it'd be this 110%. She's the best price she's been out of those three runs. And she's got the best setup that she's had out of those three runs. Um, having drawn gate 14 last start and then uh drawing gate eight over twelve hundred meters, which sort of a little bit less suitable than than the fourteen hundred she gets now, um, you know, against a few a few talented horses and whatnot, um, and a few things have gone wrong in the uh, gone wrong in those two runs. So I agree with you there. Um, there are a couple of horses down the page though that that I'd sort of I'd not necessarily be super confident in, but that I'd uh, definitely entertain uh, at each way odds. She's a belter is probably the first of those um, that I'm going to mention. She was electric uh, last preparation, especially towards the end. The JJ Atkins of the size produce uh, up in Queensland. She beat good horses there and, and talented fields. And there's been some decent form out of a couple of those races. So, um, you know, definitely good form for She's a belter. I, and she hasn't really been tried too much on wet tracks, but I don't think that she'd be too bad on it. Um, we, I guess we'll have to see, but she's trialed all right uh, leading up to her first up run here. Um, she might not be completely wound up, but uh, definitely interested to see how she goes anyway, especially with Barrier 1 and Pikey aboard. Um, you know, if Randwick, if Randwick plays how it did last weekend, uh, she can definitely sneak in. Uh, promise of success is the next one as well, uh, just under in the market. $13, I think, is uh, quite generous for the, for the mayor who... Returned seemingly poorly, uh, but twelve hundred meters um, on a you know completely bottomless uh, track to some extent, it just wasn't really suitable for her. I don't well, it definitely wasn't suitable for her, and uh, she didn't really seem to be able to get enough room late. Um, considering it was a twelve hundred meter race, you'd expect her to sort of be working home like right over the last sort of one hundred two hundred meters, be really getting into her work and. She just never really got clear uh, from a sort of rails position after she went back uh, there. And I think this race will definitely be more suitable for her. Uh, whether she still needs another run, uh, gets up to the mile or something of that nature, um, definitely something to keep an eye on later in her preparation. But I think she'll definitely improve off that first up run massively here. Um, and provided the track's playing fairly, that barrier 10 shouldn't be too much of a worry. Um, and then... The big, the big roughy here, Jason. I think you agree with me a little bit on this one. Ida, if Ida gets into this field, sixty-one, or I, I'm pretty sure I saw closer to a hundred dollars somewhere. That's that's got to be overs, doesn't it? Airborne, airborne. <laughs> yeah, she's going good. Ida. Yeah, uh, she's going really good. she is. She is, and she, she's a little ripper. She really like. She's not. She's definitely not up to some of you know, she's definitely not up to the level of some of these when when they're all sort of at their best. But the way she's been going, she was pretty unlucky in that uh in that race where which Hope in Your Heart won uh last start. And she's been pretty unlucky in quite a few of her runs this preparation. Um and she was good she was good with winning uh beating War Eternal and Arnold, uh, which, you know, so far is looking a decent form line uh for a benchmark seventy eight. I know this is definitely a, a big step up in class but yeah at those odds mate she gets in the field you, you gotta have something on something five bucks beautiful cox plate time cox plate time it's time the big boys are going to line up in the labrokes cox plate mooney drum valley. roll <laughs> drum roll please race nine mooney valley group one level three-year-old and up wait for age race over the 2040 Possibly the best 2,000 meter weight for age 
race in Australia. I'd say it is the best, possibly yeah. close to the absolute world. And we've got an absolute mouth-watering lineup here. Uh, past winners of this race, Winks, Sunline, Northerly. Who else won this race? I can't even think of any. Lee Grasor. Oh. The King. Kingston Town. Kingston Town. Jeez, who was your favourite? He can't win from there. He can't um, win from there. He can't possibly. Bullshit, he can't. He heard that call. The horse had the the horse had the earphones in. He was listening to the race call mid-race. He's like, you reckon I can't win from here? I'll fucking show you, mate. I'll show you. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see if Animo has the AirPods attached in the, in the current <laughs> 2022 in the current climate we're in. I don't think... Uh, there were AirPods back when uh, your old mate won the uh, Cox Plate, whenever that was. Uh, but Animo, $2.40 favourite. He's won the three Wait for Age Group 1 races in the lead-up to the Cox, and he looks very hard to beat on paper. James McDonald rides, barrier four, 57.5 kilos. Are you with the Godolphin runner? Are you looking to play a bit of value elsewhere? Um. It's honestly, I, I I don't know. I still don't really know, to be honest. This is going to be a really late decision for me when we get to that $100 challenge. But half of me is just like, you can't you can't go against Animo here. And then the other half is like, well, do you take $2.40 in, in, like you said, Jason, one of the, the premier weight for age group ones in Australia, you know, where... Every single horse is, you know, absolutely well and truly prepped for this race, and you know it. It is a it is a talented lineup. It's it's a tough one. I maybe I should look to you from for some advice. Well, I think you just got to look at recent history. Recent history is always a proven formula for coming performance. There was actually a better way to say that, but you get what I mean. <laughs> Uh, last three years, last year, winner, state of rest. Despite me being on Animo, quite salty, protest could have gone either way. State of rest did win the race. International Raider first up. Year before, Sir Dragon A, International Raider first up. Year before, Lai Grassaw, Lee Grassaw. I don't know how to pronounce it. Sorry to our Japanese friends out there. Probably, I don't think that's even a Jap Japanese name, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> one and looked absolutely fabulous. I remember, I will not forget the day I was at the 2019 Cox Plate. I've never seen a horse look so good and I've never seen a horse look so good since. Uh, and then obviously previous to that, you had winks, 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 winks. Long story short, the last three years, the international runners have come here and they've made our stock look second rate. And I believe that our stock this year is possibly as weak as it's been the last three years, if not the weakest. Animo is the exception to that rule. Uh, but I think Zaki, he's one of those horses that he's always got to run top three. But for whatever reason, he just doesn't win all the time. And he, his best is good he's, and his bad is not that bad. But it's just not good enough to win at this level. And then you get to horses like I'm Thunderstruck. I've got queries at him at 2,000 metres. Alligator Blood queries at 2,000 metres. Mr. Brightside queries at 2,000 metres. Mwunga, he's had a few good runs, a few terrible runs. Don't know how to assess him. Gold trip was good. Drop back to 2,000 meters. Rain on might help. Uh, I'll just go down, 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 down. It eventually brings me to the international runner, El Bogodon. El Bogodon, I don't know how to pronounce it, but I think I'll learn how to pronounce it when he goes straight past Animo in the straight. <laughs> Damien Oliver, Chris Waller, what more could you want? You're getting 750 to win. You're getting 230 to run top two. I think if you're just looking from a pure... Um, betting perspective, you're probably more confident taking the proven overseas form line where he's versed horses such as Jubilee Legend, who's the current Melbourne Cup favourite, and Secret State, who's one of the best Godolphin horses in the entire land. He ran third in that race, was in front with 300 metres to go, just peaked on his run, back to 2,000 metres suits. What's his name? Charlie Duckworth. And Chris Waller has a little bit of a stake in this horse. So that's always a good leg up. And yeah, he's been set for this race. Brings great form, lowest weight, three-year-old colt. I'd rather take two thirty for him to run a drum than Animo two thirty to win, just in case this El Bodgeron is a very nice horse. That's who I'm with. Well, well, we that's a uh, tough act to follow. You've you've given that one a right spruiking, so 
Mm. <laughs> my ears are pricked and I've I've been listening. Um and I did I I I did go back and do some uh, some of that international form and yeah that that Doville legend secret state form line does read pretty well. Um and who knows if if El Bodgy the nickname will give him if El Bodgy comes out and wins the Cox plate what what price Doville legend in the in the Melbourne Cup given the likely strength of that field <laughs> we I watched that race over and over again and I was meant to watch it to watch El Bodgy but I just couldn't take my eyes off Doville legend wow he mm. looks like a horse oh my mm. lord if he's not going to eat up eat up 3200 at Flemington I don't know what will I don't know. Uh, I don't want to give too much away for the Melbourne Cup punters out there. I'm sure they want, they want to tune in on Melbourne Cup Day and buy the CG package. But oh, beast! Don't be surprised if he's up there in top three. Correct, correct. Um, yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, the, the recent the recent stats are, are really hard to knock in that sense, aren't they? But when you look at Animo, I mean, the 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 sort of the words that resonate with me uh, in the back of my head is, you know, when, when Animo won first up there at Randwick over the 1400, I did say I'd expect Animo to go undefeated this prep um, and I'd expect him to start short every race. Um, and I, as much as, you know, you've got El Bodgy coming here um, and that's probably the, the sort of what if horse, you know, you know, what could he be um, and how does he measure up? Apart from that, Animo's got this field covered. And I, and I think that's pretty fair to say, having having gone down arguably um, unfairly to some extent uh, in the Cox Plate last year, I like he's, they've got him ready for it. They've, they've, I'm sure they've been wanting the Cox Plate since since that last year, uh, since that loss last year. And just look at the way he's going. He's going better than he was last year. Um, you know, it's if you if you got it between those two, um, and El Bodgy's the the horse that just on you know maybe it could maybe it could be that good. Um, I'd I'd be pretty happy to take the two dollars fifty on offer. Uh, given given I know almost with absolute certainty that Animo's got the rest of this field covered over two thousand meters. Uh you did you did mention you did touch on the the queries of the rest of the field. So I don't really need to go back over that. But there are a lot of queries over the two thousand meters for a lot of these runners. And like you said, Zaki just seems to be that uh that Tom Melbourne of the of the group ones lately. So um yeah I, I think for me I just have to lean the way of Zaki uh on trust but down the page, if there was one that I'd keep an eye on, it'd probably be Laws of Indices. Um, if I had to pick one down down the page, it would be Laws of Indices. I think Gate Three is definitely going to help this horse. Um, and I think, well, the way he the way he ran in that two rack, he should eat up two thousand meters realistically. Uh, it's always a query until we've done it, but being an international horse as well, I guess it ties in. He's not first up from overseas, but he is initially from overseas, so. At $34, he's maybe one to keep an eye on, especially for exotics. But if, yeah, I, I, I'd i have it between Animo and El Bodgy, and I think, Jason, you'd agree, even though you're leaning the opposite way to me. Correct. No disrespect to Animo. Don't want any disrespect. Good promo on Animo. Dabble. Our old friends at Dabble. Not new. Old, not old. Uh, $25 to uh, Max Bet. Top four. Even money. So... I'm not I'm not one to give financial advice, but uh put twenty-five dollars on that, you make fifty or you you'll have fifty in your account, you have twenty-five to uh to put on the bar tab and maybe buy probably won't even be able to buy a round with the current rate of inflation, but you might be able to buy a beer or two. Um so I think twenty-five dollars animo top four, two dollars. Good bet. Good bet. All right. All right. All right. All right. We've got group one competition to get through, Mr. Blake. I haven't done the numbers. I have not done the numbers, but I had a big week a couple of weeks ago. I backed Animo. I backed Golden Ledge, uh, Golden Mile, and I backed two below. So I, I had a, I'm going to spruik my own horn. There's no praise like self praise. Uh, I think I'm mm. well into the green now. I was plus $65. Um, and yourself, you had a pretty good day from memory. I think you're back Golden Mile too. 
Yeah, yeah, we we both had decent days. Yours was definitely better than mine was, but uh, um, I am livid that we didn't get to include uh last weekend's because I think it would have been, I think it would have been a good one for me. So, anyway, tail between my legs. Uh, come back this week Correct. and hopefully you can uh, hopefully I can get in the green finally. Correct. All right. Well, you got to do that with a manicado. Who are you on the manicado? I think Palel just wins it. Uh, best horse in the race for me over 1,200. I think he wins so 100 to win. Well, we had the confidence on this. Just wins. All right. Uh, Bella Nipitina, $50 each way. Straight bats. Spring champion. What you got for the spring champion, JC? Bring it. I have Primito. $50 each way. Straight bat. Similar story, but different horse. Williamsburg, I'm going 50 each way. Cox Plate. Cox Plate, straight bat once again. Oh. 100 on the nose, Animo. Cox Plate, El Bodgy, 50 each way. Cow Corner, swing, hoping for the best. If not, stumps, rolled <laughs> over. Animo wins four in a row. That's it. It's like a blindfolded no. pinata, mate. You hit it or you miss it. Oh, I'm going for the international. I'm going for the international. Best bets, Blake. Black bookers. Get that sports bet black book up and loading for the punters, mate. Do you have anything for the battlers? I do. I've got quite it well. I, I'm I'm part of the way through finishing uh, the cards for, well, for Saturday. I've, I, I'm part of the way through Randwick now, but um, I finished the Friday night card, uh, the Manicado card, and there are a couple of horses that that did interest me. Um, just going through the races now, stylish enough in race three was one that I was relatively interested in. I I like the fact that Linda Meach is booked, and and as we know, she's actually been off the scene for for a little bit of time, especially in sort of the big races, uh, the big Saturday meetings and whatnot. But she's riding Friday night at Mooney Valley, and and as as many of the punt the listeners and the punters uh, and you, Jason, should know and should remember, she is one of the better front running uh, jockeys in the country. Um, and I don't think that's changed. I've been watching her uh, riding some of the midweeks. Uh, she's been, she's actually been riding quite well. So she deserves uh, a return to to some of the stronger sort of races. And I think Stylish Enough is a good ride for her. Drawn Gate 2, it's going to lead. Um, and I think it'll be tough to run down. There are a couple of others as well going through the cards. Um, but I think all in all, um, just good racing. All in all. Uh, is there, are there any in particular you got your eye on, Jason? Or... Any to mention? Yes, I've got my eye on one horse in the midway, and that's Royal Randwick Race 3. Horse isn't in the field yet. However, I'd like to hope there might be a scratching for this big boy to get in the field in his name. Number 17, first emergency, Sir Kern. No jockey booked currently. He's had two starts, both at Newcastle. Really like the trials. Gosford, good trial. Newcastle, good trial. Showed very good versatility in these trials. Went forward. Found the line, uh, went forward, kicked on, went back, found the line well. Came out first up, beat home a horse called Floating. Very, very nice animal, this floating horse. Won very well the other day. Um, it was three wide, no cover the trip, did it well. Came out last time, up to class one company, barrier 11 of 11. Sat three wide, no cover the trip. Horse that won the race was back of the field. Horse that won second and third were also back in the field. He idled up to them at the 300, just didn't have that turn of speed. A bit like Nature Strip, um, obviously completely different class of animal. Um, but Barrier 6 finally does draw a gate, and he does have gate speed, so I like. These midways are often won by horses that are lightly raced um, and are progressing through the grades, a bit like Cote a few weeks ago. Um, and I think he profiles very similar to that. I really like this horse, and I think he can go on to bigger bigger and better things. Currently $11 of the tab, so I think he's a good each way play if he gets in the race. What I mean, too easy, too easy. Uh, yeah, just, well, actually, um, one one came to me while you were while you were talking that up, Jason, but um, we, we discussed this briefly prior to recording the podcast, Sacramento uh, going around in the Gold Cup, the race prior to the Cox Plate, and uh, you and I both agreed earlier, Jace, that, so I hope you're not going to throw me under the bus here, but you and I both agree that this horse is going pretty well and uh, it's going to be suited at Mooney Valley given its its racing pattern. It likes to race up on speed and lead. So 
uh, I, I thought that was a really good run. It didn't even, it wasn't even able to lead over the 2,600 uh, behind Stockman and Arapaho. And I think uh, Sacramento can go well in that race. Airborne. This horse has gone really well. This horse has been making the speed to some degree, been sitting on really tough speeds and he's been fighting out the finish and kicking back. Uh, I have to agree with Blake. Just a favorite in that race, Francesco Gardi. Jeez, go watch his last start. Oh, right, Hashtag moral yeah. beat. Moral beat. I was on and I'm sick. I'm not yeah. one to not I'm not one to berate, you know, jockeys and this and that and luck. And I, I don't kick stones too much. But wow, we here at this eight hundred. I think I made him uh, a that one was sickening. That one was definitely sickening. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I made him my flashing light runner and I was talking shit about Val and Declare and I said this horse was the one to follow. I think that anyway. Yeah. Um yeah, if you watch the replay at the 800, he lost about two or three lengths of momentum because he must have stepped on someone else's foot or something like that. And he got held up to the 300, uh, got out finally. And realistically, as RaceNet says, should have won easily, dot, dot. Well, oh, mm. maybe another couple more dots to that. J-Max on board. Apparently, he's working the house down. I love listening to, to Charlie Duckworth and Chris Waller's little pre-race interviews on Facebook. They're actually really, really good. So... Check them out if you haven't already. Um, this horse is going well, Francesco Gardi. I think those are the two you can play in that race. Yeah, agree. But, Just yeah, I well, you agree. That's all that needs to be said. No, I say, do. Say it. Say it. No, not gonna say it. Where do you go? Oh no! All I was gonna say is uh, it's just the it's just the gate that worries me with Francesco Gardi. If he if he gets back like he has been, uh, that's his sort of typical racing pattern. I know he can settle sort of midfield, but if you're not if you're not going forward from a, from a low gate, it tends to not uh, end too well for you at Mooney Valley. So, I mean, with even Lark, you know, if he gets the gap, I I think he can win 110. percent But uh, whether he gets that gap or not is, you know, the risk you take. Um, I guess you're you're getting a decent decent price to find out, but you. Could definitely do worse things than take Sacramento at least, uh, at least just to save yourself. Too easy, Blake. Well, thank you for another episode. Hope you enjoyed that one, listeners. Best of luck for a huge day of racing, Cox Plate. I can see Blake; he's absolutely brimming ear to ear. He's very excited. Huge day of racing. Good luck, Blake. Thanks you too, JC. Thanks, mate. <laughs>